Hi everyone, my name is Mayor Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hi everyone and welcome back to another week at Life on the Farm. I am excited to be checking in with you all at the halfway point of our orientation. So it's been three weeks now. They've been absolutely hectic, but in the best way possible. And we only have three weeks left until we have our first rotation, whether it be clinical or one of our operations or med safety rotations that start in August. So I thought I'd go ahead and fill you all in on everything CPJE and NAPLEX related because the exciting news of this podcast is that I am officially a licensed pharmacist in California, which I am so excited about. I can't tell you all just how much it means to me to be at this point and to have had so much of all of y'all's support throughout this journey. So we'll definitely talk about all of that and kind of what that means and what my whole future in residency looks like moving forward. So without further ado, of course, the title, which is I Need a Naplex, play on words and because that's how we do it here. And it's low-key kind of true. I realize how tired I get after the course of an entire day just because we talk to so many people. I'm paying so close attention to make sure that I am picking up on everything, taking diligent notes and being sure to be engaged because I feel like that's the best way to get the most out of all of the knowledge and wisdom that's being shared with us. So I do need a nap, but I'm also way too like stoked about everything happening to take one. And so let's just talk about what all those exciting things are. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with talking about the second week. So basically the way that the week started off is we practiced med recs, medication reconciliations, as well as anticoagulation counseling. I may have mentioned it previously, but our hospital has a huge initiative towards making sure that we get a high percentage of our patients to have a completed med rec in addition to anticoag education if needed during their admission. So we were able to pair up with the outgoing PGY1 residents to practice that whole workflow, even contact patients in real time just so that the outgoing PGY1s could give us any pointers, any tips, and make sure that we had that down. We then had our resident chair handoff. So something that's really cool about UC Davis and the residency program there is that instead of having one chief resident, which I guess we still kind of do, but there are chief resident responsibilities and every single resident is in charge of one of those. And since we are such a large residency, we work with other residents on our certain domain. And so I am the social chair with an emphasis on alumni liaison. And I also had the social media. So if you ever see the Instagram, the UC Davis Instagram, that is me or one of the PGY2s who did it last year. So that's really cool. It's something I'm super passionate about. And it's really fun just being able to capture and create those memories throughout our PGY one year, although it's only been three weeks. But I feel like that's one of those things when you get to the end of an experience, you never know how much it's going to mean to you to be able to look back to the early days. And so I'm glad that I get to be a part of making that happen. And so this is really cool because I work with another resident who's in charge of like the birthdays and whatnot. And then together we help to plan the socials. So trying to do one of those every month for our residency cohort. And then for me in particular, since I am going to be working with alumni, I'll be implementing a newsletter for the first time and trying to create quarterly 
alumni socials so that they can get to know the current residents and really make it a networking opportunity because I think that's one of the greatest parts about being in pharmacy is that it's such a small world and being able to keep in contact and meet people that are in the same spaces as you can really help serve you professionally and maybe even personally just to meet people who are interested in the same things as yourself. From there, we went over talking about our medication use evaluation project. So this is one of the longitudinal aspects to our residency. And so we each had to pick a drug, whether it be something that is more on the expensive side and we're trying to consider use in our hospital versus something that has already been submitted a request to be added to formulary through the pharmacy and therapeutics committee you go ahead and you create this entire analysis of a particular drug and i've never done it's called an mue i've never done one of these before so i actually have a meeting with the preceptor for this particular drug that i'm doing in a couple of days so i'll definitely fill you all in on what the logistics are what the particulars are and kind of what that looks like but it's really cool because I'm actually doing the DocuState Enema Project, Enemies, and it's really straightforward to a certain extent, but the fact that it'll be used perhaps if it does get approved for pre-MRI, I think is something I really wasn't too privy to beforehand, so I think that's really cool. I'll get to figure out if there's a cost savings and if it is as useful as everyone thinks it is. From there, we went into our Intro to Hospital operations and so we had our first micro lab session and so our lab at uc davis is not in the hospital it's off-site and so we all went there walked around got to see the different benches whether it be antimicrobial urine or respiratory see all of the auger plates if you're familiar with those all of the different specimen and so it was a really cool afternoon just being able to understand not only what all of that looks like but on our end as pharmacy residents how we can better facilitate the communication between the lab and our providers so that they understand kind of how these things play out and of course to be able to better interpret what those results that we're seeing in epic in the electronic medical record are and what they mean and maybe things that we could expect further down the line and how that can guide our antimicrobial stewardship and of course that meaning our antibiotic selection and then for that night and for basically all of the second week, I was studying for the NAPLEX every time that I came home just because that was the week that I was taking my NAPLEX. And so I can also talk a little bit about how I studied for that and whatnot, but we'll get to that when I get to the day that I studied for my NAPLEX. The very next day, which was a Tuesday, I went back to the micro lab to shadow one of the benches. So I was on the respiratory bench, which was cool. We had our mentor and mentee lunch, so I may have also mentioned this. We get a mentor, a, like a personal mentor, that has like nothing to do with any part of like our rotations or anything at UC Davis, and they are a pharmacist mentor that we can just touch base with, who helps us with just figuring out goals, planning, all of that kind of stuff. So, my mentor is actually gone for was actually gone on vacation so I just got to hang out with everyone else and she was really nice and found another pharmacist to ensure that I had someone to sit with which was cool and it was nice just seeing everyone kind of talk and get to know each other. We also got our laptop so here we also get a work laptop. You have the option of using your personal one which I kind of like just because all of my documents are there or whatnot but I think the benefit of a work laptop is that there are docking stations at our desk in the resident office and so it hooks up really well it's super compatible with our desktop setup and you can of course take it around on rounds um, you have a charger for it and it also pushes me I think to be better at 
putting all of my documents into shared drives. So we have an S drive, which is a huge shared drive that we all have access to in the pharmacy department. But on top of that, we also use SharePoint a lot. So I think it's good for me to be able to better navigate that since that's how a lot of our communication goes through. So it's nice having a work laptop, especially if you don't wanna bring your own um, or if you feel like it would just be easier to carry that one around. And this is actually the day I ended up taking the pre-NAPLEX test, which is offered through NABP, which is the website that you sign up for the NAPLEX through. Then on Wednesday, actually just one quick note. And as far as the pre-NAPLEX goes, it does cost, I believe it was either 65 or $75. And I took it because honestly, when I got my score at the end and saw that I passed, I felt a lot more confident about how I was going to do on the exam. I think it was a pretty good indicator looking back, knowing that I've taken the exam now. And I also just in that moment, in that particular moment when I was still studying and a couple of days out, made me feel a lot less stressed because it made me think that I could really do this and that I did have the skill set. And no matter how I felt throughout that exam, the outcome was that I passed. And so that was a really good feeling as well. Of course, it's not a guarantee or anything like that, but for me, that was really helpful to have taken that exam. It was worth it to me to pay the money for it. And I have no people who never ended up taking it and of course passed. And so totally personal preference, but that was something I thought would be worthwhile for myself. And then we move on to Wednesday. And so Wednesday morning, I actually went into the hospital and attended an executive huddle meeting with our medication safety pharmacist. Well, one of them, she's the chief of basically that whole domain. And I had the opportunity to sit in on the meeting where they discuss all of the issues in the hospital and every department jumps in and talks about how they can address that immediately. It's super cool. I think it's such an amazing way of staying on top of things and the fact that it happens so frequently and everyone there is so streamlined, knows their role, is ready to go. It's such a short meeting, especially because all of these people are very busy but they address issues in the hospital so quickly and the turnover time as far as implementing these changes is so quick, whether it be a couple of hours to a couple of days max, it really is about optimizing the work environment for the people who are offering care there and at the same time, of course, for the patients, which is what all of this is centered around. From there, we were supposed to take our residency graduation pictures but that did not happen so I just worked on some of my longitudinal projects and whatnot and then I kept studying for the NAPLEX which is just the theme for that week honestly I was so I was very worried about it and not because of anything other than I had taken the CPJE and I didn't want to have to retake both and I didn't feel super confident coming out of my CPJE and so the week of the NAPLEX I just felt doubly worried for no good reason of course that it would go the same way or it would feel the same way but like I've said before and I'll say it again I think the fear and the anticipation of the exam is so much worse than the exam itself. And then on Thursday we got our PIXIS login so throughout our hospital PIXIS is this I don't really have a better way of describing it than a cabinet that carries all of the medications that the central pharmacy staffs to the floors so that the nurse is able to pull the drugs from a closer location. And so we have to be able to access that. And so it's like a fingerprint system. So we made sure to do that so that you can log in, pull meds. I use this a lot during my ED rotation because obviously that's a very hands-on type of environment and we handle the meds there more frequently. And so it was kind of taking me back to those moments. And it was cool. It was exciting to think that that's kind of the direction we're moving. And now I have more authority around it. 
I definitely was allowed to beforehand or else I wouldn't have a login. But before, I think I definitely had a little bit of fears and like didn't know really like the full extent to what I could or couldn't do with the drugs. And now I feel a lot more confident, I think, is the bottom line, especially having studied for both of these exams. It's kind of crazy, but I've definitely noticed a significant difference in my clinical knowledge and my level of comfort. And I think it really did come from studying for those exams. And so it's kind of a nice benefit to have reaped from that whole situation. <laughs> and then we move on to our exceeding expectations on rotations presentation. That was a lot of Asians, but you get what I'm saying. And it was hosted by one of the pharmacists. And I thought it was a really important reminder as far as how to be successful because so much of residency, at least for me, I thought going into it would be about patient care and knowing the drugs and the meds and whatnot. And it totally is. But I think there are so many other skills that a residency focuses on that are so important and I think are emphasized very early on. And I'm glad this presentation happened when it did because it really opened my eyes to things that I could do to set myself up for success. So being really transparent at the beginning of a rotation, keeping my preceptors in the loop, making sure to be on time, small things that you may think don't really make a difference, continuing to have a positive attitude, reminding myself that again, it's my outlook on things that is really how I'm viewing them and it can be anything I want it to be and doing good work to remind myself that I'm at this point now and it's not a chance to slack off or anything like that, but really a chance to elevate. And that's kind of just a good reminder personally and just to get myself hyped up for what's to come because as you've probably heard throughout this podcast, there are a lot of different deliverables and everything like that. And so finding ways to make that fun and exciting, I think is going to be really important moving forward. We then had our intro to stewardship. So just in general, for me, the way that I see stewardship is anything that a pharmacist does to better implement safety and efficacy around medications. And so that falls into different realms. And I think the places that we see it the most are with uh, antimicrobial stewardship, so infectious disease, handling antibiotics and whatnot. We see it with pain, so opioid. Opioid stewardship is another big one. And then anticoagulation, so making sure that we are balancing the clot risk with the bleed risk and that we're choosing appropriate agents. And so in all cases, again, just reiterating safety and efficacy. And so we had clinical pharmacists from all of those areas present to us, talk to us about where to find resources, which is super important. I highly recommend no matter where you are, what you're doing, um, whether you be an IPI student, API student, a resident, to figure out where those resources are and make sure they're always in your back pocket and super accessible. Also how to contact those pharmacists. And I thought it was really helpful that they brought in certain scenarios that they see often or things that people reach out to them about so that we had a better understanding of kind of when you should reach out, when are times that you, maybe you shouldn't, or that's actually, I wouldn't say there are any times not to reach out. I think that's one of the things I really like about being here at Davis in particular. I think they said for literally anything, if you're just unsure, just call them. And I think that's such a great policy to have because it makes you feel like there you have support. And I truly think that that is really beneficial because I really don't know what I'm doing at this point. I've never been a pharmacist believe it or not. But I think it's really great when people get up there and explain to you and let you know that it's okay to reach out to people, that you don't have to do this alone, and that there are people there to support you and guide you in the right direction. And then later that afternoon, we went out to Starbucks, which was fantastic, and got something to drink. It was like a day of goodies because then later that afternoon, we also went out with our residency program director and just got to hang out at like a local spot and 
get to catch up and really talk to one another after the CPJE just because we were all kind of bogged down with that. And so it was a nice little break. And for me personally, it was right before my NAPLEX since I was going to take my NAPLEX the next day. And for me, I find it really great to be able to do something social and completely removed from sitting in my house or being in the same environment I was studying in because it allows me to clear my head and then really just have what I have solidified. Nothing's really going to change over the course of those couple of hours. So it's kind of nice to just take a step away, do something that I want to do, and then just be well rested for the next day, which is exactly what I did. Because on Friday, I took the exam. It was at 8 a.m., the exam is six hours. You get there are 225 questions. There are two 10-minute breaks. And for me personally, I found the NAPLEX to be a little bit more nuanced than the CPJE was. If I were to do my whole comparison and whatnot, for me, the CPJE, I talk about it in my last episode, flew by super fast. There were only four choices, so I was just picking what I knew it was or what it wasn't, and I felt like it was very straightforward. Either you knew it or you didn't, and you just moved on, and so it flew by. Whereas for the NAPLEX, again, I felt like it was more nuanced. And although you don't always have to read like the entirety of the case for the question, like the question may literally ask you like, what does this drug do? And it really has nothing to do with like the patient case there. But I felt like there were a lot more cases than I was used to seeing in the other practice exams. Um, And then also just the fact that there was a little bit more reading, there are calculations. And so it's stacking that on top of the sheer number of questions and the fact that this goes on for a while, it does get a little tiring and I felt like I was petering out toward the end. But at the same time, I wanted to be done quicker so I didn't take either of the 10 minute breaks, which just so you know, because it shook me both times it happened, it just abruptly cuts to a screen and I totally thought I lost my entire exam twice, um, which wasn't the case, but that's what happens when the screen suddenly disappears. Um, I decided to forego them because I felt like I could keep going. And by the end, it took me about four and a half hours, which I didn't think was that bad because then it was done. I'd given it a good shot. I felt okay about it. I guess I was more just afraid of failing both the CPJE and the NAPLEX than anything else. Um, But I just, yeah, I think that would be kind of the biggest takeaway again the anticipation the fear in that anticipation was way worse than the exam itself and so um, yeah it was just a little bit different than what I was expecting going into it but at the same time I think RX prep for both exams did a fantastic job of preparing me and I feel like it was a good amount of information and I also again think it doubly served me well because now that I'm moving into like staffing shifts and whatnot I feel like I have a really good understanding of these meds both from pharmacy school and from preparing for my boards and then this will take me into week three So moving on to week three, I guess over the weekend, it was 4th of July, so it was a long weekend, ended up going to the lake nearby, and then we had paid time off on Monday, so I just caught up on a bunch of different things, just basically coming down from the NAPLEX and everything like that, and making sure I set myself up for the next week, because while I was studying for the NAPLEX the prior week, I felt like so many different things I just like wasn't able to keep track of, and so I wanted to make sure I had that all handled and laid out in my planner. I'm absolutely obsessed with my planner. It's already seen so much and it's going through so much, but that's okay. I think we're going to make it together. I'm determined that we will both make it to the end of this. And so, yeah, I finished basically my ACLS training and then we have a bunch of UC Learning Center trainings that I finished as well. 
And then on Tuesday was actually the first day the PGY2 residents were on the campus with us, which was super exciting to meet them all. I actually walked up the stairs and was greeted by all of them standing there waiting for the room for us to go into. So it was cool meeting them for a brief moment until we got inside. And then we had a chief's lunch. So we got to meet all of the chiefs at UC Davis. And then there was Panera, which I love Panera. So big fan of that. And then from there, we had our EMR training. So again, EMR is the electronic medical record. We have EPIC. And this was really great because when you enter the interface, you are met with EPIC the way that it's set up in a default manner. And so there's so many different customizations you can make with what type of pharmacy you're logged into, what are all of the different settings and utilities that are wrenched in. That's like a term that we use because there's a little wrench icon. It's very creative if you ask me. And from there, you can choose what different types of labels and tabs and things like that are more easily accessible and that you may want to have readily on hand. Of course, as this changes between different rotations, you make adjustments. Something that I've always emphasized is that on the first day of a rotation, really shadow your preceptor and figure out what they're doing, how they do things, what their workflow is, because nine times out of 10, that'll work for you as well, of course, with your own individual adjustments, but why reinvent the wheel? So I thought this was really great that we got to sit down and kind of hear from one of the ICU pharmacists what really works for them. And so we went on there and kind of set that whole thing up. So now anytime we go on there, we're able to really be able to navigate this a little bit easier. And so um, it was great just being able to set that part up because there's nothing really worse than showing up on the first day, especially because I can imagine that how this goes, like wanting to work up your patients and really have a good steady understanding and not have the opportunity to work with your tabs leading up to our first rotation. So hopefully over the course of this next month, once we're licensed and doing our own orders and things like that, being able to utilize that and figuring out in what order we want things, what we want to be a little bit bigger, smaller on the screen and all of that good stuff. And then after that, we had our introduction to central pharmacy. So although we are acute care pharmacy residents, or at least that's the program that I'm a part of, there are opportunities or I guess not opportunities more so like a part of our program where we staff in the central pharmacy. So that is in the basement of the hospital. And so we got an introduction to what staffing there looks like. There is the unit dose pharmacy that handles all of the like one pill tablet situations, the kits, the PD pods, which are like the little oral solutions that get drawn up, the Narcoval, all those different types of things. And then there's the IV room. So as you can imagine, it's where all of the IVs are compounded. And so as a part of the acute care group, I work in unit dose more often than I'll ever work in the IV room section, but I get training in both of them. And so we had the directors talk about both of those different pharmacies and it was really well laid out. One of my favorite parts about this whole residency orientation experience is having these training checklists and having to have them checked off and having the pharmacist that you shadow for that day or work alongside with really being involved in that process. And so it was great to kind of not feel like I don't really know what I need to be asking, but more so being told these are the things you should know. Make sure the person that you're with goes through these things and both that person and yourself being on the same page, I think is really helpful. The next day I shadowed a discharge planner and so I went to her office, followed her on rounds for a while um, just because that takes a little bit of time and then worked through some of the problems with her. Um, and then that's 
basically what I did that day, there was nothing like that stood out a lot in regard to like pharmacy. But I think what was really cool is that we talked about how we can better streamline the process once the discharge ball has gotten rolling. And so I, I say nothing stood out in the fact that like nothing crazy happened or anything, but I think an important conversation that we both ended up coming to and was that we can help one another in understanding kind of timelines and needs and being able to better facilitate those. And I think one of those ways has to do with discharge medications as well as home meds. And so she had no idea that we have these huge initiatives to go ahead and implement medication reconciliations for patients when they're first admitted or over a certain time period that that's a huge push for us. Um, But she was really happy to hear that. And then um, even for myself, being able to explain that we do try to check discharge meds and costs before we even give patients them inpatient so that they don't have these issues later down the line with insurance and coverage and whatnot. So she also told me a lot about what they have to do on their end with insurance and following up with home health or SNFs and just being able to go through all of these different portals to find these things actually blew my mind. I had no idea this is how you like get all of this like home infusion situations, things like that. So discharge planning has their own world that they are in and they have like the one interface that we share. So the electronic medical record. And it was cool just being able to understand all of the legwork that goes behind a patient going home with all of these things because as a pharmacy resident i really care about the meds but there are so many other things that facilitate a patient leaving the hospital and being successful outside of the hospital then on thursday i shadowed a social worker and this was awesome because it was on the oncology floor and i met some of the sweetest patients i've ever had the opportunity to interact with and this social worker was incredible she took the time to talk to everyone, not only about the things that she wanted to cover on her agenda, but also to really just touch base with them. One of the things I realized about oncology, since I've never done a rotation there, is that a lot of these people come in for their cycles of chemotherapy on the inpatient side. And so she does become familiar with them and gets to know them and know their stories. And so having her introduce myself and another resident to them and really just talk about their journey and what they've been through was really eye-opening. And it gave me a huge appreciation for all of the struggles and all of the resilience that you have to have to be in these certain circumstances and to see the type of assistance and guidance and help that she can offer I thought was also really useful because it's hard to navigate these things and to know what to do next or who to contact or how to go about these things especially we saw patients all over the place in regard to where they were in their journey and so those who had just been recently diagnosed to those who were on their last round of chemotherapy and so being able to just see the difference and also better understand how to navigate those, I think was really eye-opening. And then that afternoon, we had a workshop on basically what it means to present a Grand Rounds topic. So I will be co-presenting with one of my residents on vaccine updates and vaccine hesitancy, which I'm really excited about. And then just finding different ways to create objectives, so making sure that they follow Bloomberg's taxonomy, which if you Google that, there are just all of these different words that you can use to better evaluate and assess whether or not an audience is picking up what you're putting down, for the lack of a better phrase, but there are way different words you, and that you can use to create your objectives that are effective. And then finding ways to make your audience engage, so using Kahoot or Poll Everywhere, things like that to integrate into your presentation and create patient cases that help to facilitate that learning and make sure that people are staying engaged. 
So that was really cool as well. And I also signed up at this certain session to teach the internal medicine medical residents about anticoagulation. So that's something I kind of squared away. And so I'll talk about that a little bit more when it comes up. So definitely looking forward to that as well. And that's a part of the teaching certificate. And then Friday, the big deal about Friday was, I guess actually backtracking to Thursday, since this kind of ties into the whole story, is that on Thursday, which was six days after my NAPLEX, I was able to use the Reddit trick to be able to check my score on the NABP website. So for those of you who are curious, the NAPLEX, you get a printout at the end that says it'll take X number of days, which is a very long time, to send you in the mail, like snail mail, your results, whether you pass or not. But there is a Reddit trick, and by that I mean a trick I read on Reddit and that my co-residents told me about, where if you go on the website and when your NAPLEX moves from the application available or whatever that tab may be, the original one, to application history, If it says close next to it, you're able to right click and inspect the page. And if you do control F and you find person exam score, it'll show you what your score is. And so you're able to figure out from there. Again, the score cutoff right now is 75. So if you get above that, you know, you pass. And so I was able to utilize that and find my score. And I realized that I passed, which was a super exciting moment. I felt so, so relieved. I was so excited and I was just so waiting to find out what happened with my CPJE. But if you remember the timeline of everything, I took the CPJE first, I took the NAPLEX almost a week later, six days later, and the NAPLEX does come out a little bit quicker using this trick, of course. And so on Friday, the very next day, a couple of my co-residents were actually able to pay for their license without having gotten their CPJE results but they had all taken the NAPLEX prior to the CPJE, so I wasn't sure if it was going to work for me. Um, But I was able to, again, for the CPJE, they have to mail you your results, whether you passed or not. They actually don't have an online portal that tells you, per se. Um, And so it's, again, through snail mail. But the life hack on that one is if you go to the Board of Pharmacy and try to purchase a license, If you were able to do so, it means that you obviously passed both. But again, it really does depend on if your NAPLEX has also gone through. So it's very much a timing thing. And so for me, knowing I'd passed the NAPLEX, if I was able to go onto the Board of Pharmacy website and pay for my license, it would mean that I also was able to, that I had also passed my CPJE. Again, if the board hadn't had time to process my NAPLEX just yet, or maybe the CPJE hadn't been processed yet, there's all of these different things. But Again, that's the way that I found out so early and so quickly, and I was beside myself. I was over the moon, and when I tell you all, it felt so, so good to know that everything and all of that work had paid off. It's an incredible feeling, and I was fully prepared to take the CPJE again only because it's such a variable test, and it's so possible to have to do so. It's so again, you just can never predict what's going to be on there. And so I was more than ready to do so. But when I saw that I was able to pay for my license, I was, I, I was shaking a little bit. Like I I could not believe that this was like really happening. And now it is officially the next week and over the weekend and today, even I got my license number and in like one to two days, it'll officially be real and I'll be able to verify orders because I will be, or I guess I am a licensed pharmacist, 
So that was the big news. That was the hoopla of last week. And I am, I'm even smiling so much right now because I promise you all it will be okay. And I know that it, for me, I believed no one when I was going through the process of studying and whatnot, but for everyone that still hasn't taken it or who are planning on taking it or who take it in the future, please know that you know more than you give yourself credit for. When you sit there in that exam, it will come to you because you know it. There is no way you made it to that point without so. And in the worst case scenario, if you even want to call it that, coming out of that exam gives you enough knowledge and information to better understand what to expect the next time. And that could be more than enough to set you up for success on your next go around. So that's my piece of advice. Again, I definitely stressed a lot throughout that time period and that's just me and I'm glad that it paid off but I think it's also a reminder that there's no need to worry things will play out the way that they do play out and I definitely didn't think I knew as much as I did but when I sat down in both exams there were moments in both where I realized I really do know more than I gave myself credit for throughout the entire process and so that's definitely something I'll carry with me as I approach other stressful situations in the future so very excited you're talking to a pharmacist now so that's big news. I cannot wait to see what happens next and verify orders. Although I know it's going to take me like 10 minutes to verify DocuSafe, but like whatever, that's besides the point. I'm going to be so excited regardless. And that will go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I guess like post finding out I became a pharmacist, I spent the whole weekend just chilling. I kind of sorted some things out to take care of. And then I went to an antique fair on Sunday and found some incredible clothing finds with like one of my best friends and then literally ate everything and anything in Sacramento, in and out Gunther's ice cream, just because when something big happens, I love to celebrate the, the big wins, the small wins. This is probably an issue I've been treating myself since like 2014, but like it's besides the point. Um, but honestly, just took some time to decompress and really uh, recenter myself and be ready for this week. And now today's Monday and I am feeling really good. I feel a lot more kind of focused and I feel like it was good for me to take some time to do whatever I wanted and then to get back into this week and be ready to look forward at what I need to do next because there are a lot of deadlines and a lot of dates that came up over the course of the last two weeks during this exam time period. So now that the license is squared away, it's time to look forward. And I will absolutely share that with all of you. And I cannot wait to continue to obviously talk about all it is that I do in my residency program because I think there's so many things that I wish I knew about residency programs that I am now realizing as I go through it myself. And so I thought I'd share them with you all. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want, definitely take a listen to last week, a couple weeks ago episode. I have a whole season from Appy Year if you want to listen to any of that. It's super fun if you ask me. I think I had a great time. Um, but of course, if you ever want to ask me any questions or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at mayor.verk or the podcast Instagram at Life on the Farm Podcast. If you could follow on Spotify and rate on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. But in the meantime, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.